0: Come on, leave the saving of the world to the men. I don't think so. I don't think so. Hello, everybody. Hey, Hi. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're on like like not Okay, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> welcome everyone to the nerdy girls after dark podcast this is the one-stop pod where women can get their fandom content relationship advice fashion tips belly laughs and answers to all those dangerous questions that we have this is all in one nerdy place it's a podcast for nerdy girls by nerdy girls we have a very special episode today for you guys some special guests are here with us. Um before we get started, just another just a reminder. Um, you know, in the comments, be respectful of everybody. You know, no. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I said, just be respectful and kind. Um, we need kind of kindness in this world right now. Um, so keep that going in the comments. Um, and everyone grab your favorite beverage whatever that may be tonight. And cheers to you all. Clink. Cheers. Clink clink clink. <laughs> we need that sound effect still. <laughs> still nice. it.
1: Looks like mom's drinking water. We you yeah. are
0: in a cup. That's all right. I should have poured mine in a cup. Oh well. <laughs> Okay, so we have um, some few attention moments for you guys this week.
2: Should, should we should we introduce our very? Oh yeah, Jenna? sorry, thank you, no, that's Sarah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Going <laughs> off topic. Yes, introduce our wonderful guest uh, Maya. If you would like to start, introduce your mama. Yes, yeah, so she would like to say a few things too.
1: For sure. So as we know, Mother's Day is this weekend. We got some fun plans. And um, we're actually going to a Bridgerton Ball in Chicago.
3: Ooh. <laughs> that
2: sounds
1: amazing. After everything is going to be great. But this is my mom, Kim. Mom, you want to introduce yourself?
3: I'm Maya's mama. <laughs> um, <laughs> mom of three. Um, I'm just happy to be here. And yeah. What
1: would you say makes you a nerdy girl, mom? Because there's a lot of topics that you want yeah,
3: to <laughs> I'm a nerdy girl because, a nerdy, I am a nerd, but I love to read a lot about financing and I love history. Um, You can catch me at two o'clock in the morning watching the History Channel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, but, um,
3: so that's something, I love science, Um, so yeah, that's me nice. and real estate guru. Yeah, I'm real estate guru. And that's kind of incorporate the real estate with all the, um, you know, I'm really into women understanding finances and real estate nice. and generational wealth and what we need to do to um, empower our, our children and our children's children.
2: So nice.
3: Welcome, Kim. Yes, Thank welcome.
0: You. Thanks for being here.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jalen's mom's also named Kim. I just want to say.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh okay. We could have had two Kims tonight, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Mm-hmm.
4: All right, Kara. Yes, I have my mom here, too. Her name is Doreen. Would you like to introduce yourself, <laughs> okay. Doreen?
5: I'm glad to be here. My name is Doreen. I'm a mother of two and a grandmother of two. Very proud of both. So, yeah.
4: <laughs> what makes you a nerdy girl, mom?
5: Wow. <laughs> I <can> use this. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, let's fair. Not
4: talk about the fact that she watches like all kinds of leadership videos and training videos yes. on her own time, at night, Saturday morning. Interesting. <laughs> Always learning.
1: Interesting. Re- Renee Brown fan?
4: Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> Love that.
4: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Both of us, actually. What? Renee Brown? Yeah. hmm yeah.
2: Love her. Vulnerability. Mm-hmm.
0: Sarah's favorite. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> There'll be a podcast later, an episode later <laughs> yeah, on vulnerability. When when we're all ready to, to go there. Uh, but welcome <laughs> you two. We're very excited that you're both here yes. to um discuss what we have for the episode today. Um, but first let's get into those moments that caught our attention this week.
1: May I have your attention, please? May I have
3: your attention, please?
0: I love that video. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll go to Maya again. Uh, Okay. Well,
1: there's a lot that could be said about this week specifically, but we're going to focus on the positive, the fun. Um, And for me, that is Met Gala happened last night. Or nice. Was it last night or Sunday night? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. Last night. Yes. So I don't know if anyone loved just like you know I'm in my sweats judging all these looks as if I'm like (laughs) (laughs) but um, I just really like seeing the looks. I know this year the theme was like gilded glamour or something along the line. So interesting. Um, like really gilded age. Hmm.
5: Lake Lively yeah. Oh
1: yes, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and it was tough because I told myself I could only pick my top two, so I'm going to give my top two favorite looks. First one, got to go
6: with. <sighs> There's so
1: many people who did not go on theme this year, and I just feel like this pop of color. You know, she was the OG um, Cruella Deville, and I just felt like kind of gave that that presence here. But the pop of color is amazing, and mm-hmm. Jalen. The same designer who did Sebastian Stan. Yes, I was just going to say yeah, they were like twinning. Yes, they were twinning. So I just love the embellishments on here. Just gorgeous. And I just think she's like a timeless beauty. So mm-hmm. yeah, she but is. And I, I want that pink jumpsuit. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love, I love pink. When... So, and I love pants. So practical. <laughs> I love when people actually fit with pants. Um, And then my next pick. Is Cardi B. <gasps> oh I don't
4: know if I, love I saw that Cardi. one.
1: Always on theme, just beautiful, yeah. definitely good is on, on theme, and I just love the color on her. She's just gorgeous. And mm-hmm. everybody kills it. So those are my two favorite Met Gala looks. Did y'all have any that kind
0: of cut your eye? Oh, well, Blake Lively, yeah, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. I I saw his first his post on Instagram. Before mm-hmm. I saw like him officially like on the red carpet or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And he was just chilling in that chair in his bright pink suit. I was like, oh, good. love a man <laughs> who wears pink.
1: I'm going to DM that to you, but I'm like, I knew she's already saw <laughs> it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I liked it already. Right. Right. Kim Kardashian obviously looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Can I get your guys' opinions on Kylie's backwards hat, though?
2: I got oh, yeah, to look that up. Hold on. i Kylie Kylie Jenner wore a backwards hat like a a big
4: wedding dress kind of Yeah.
0: I guess I didn't really pay attention to her hat. Oh, yeah.
2: I just for it to be
1: such an exaggerated look and it not be on theme. I'm like, that's a lot of effort for you not to be on
0: theme. (laughs) But Mm. I
1: wasn't a big fan.
0: I thought I read that this was like the first Met Gala all the Kardashians were like invited to.
1: Oh wow. Because yeah, Chris Chris Jenner was there. Honestly, when, yeah. I don't know if you saw the Kim Kardashian interview, but it was kind of, kind of, um, I'm surprised she said this live, but she said she lost 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into M- Marilyn Monroe's dress. Wow, 16 that pounds line. in three weeks? you really want to
0: say that live? That's, That's dangerous. Yeah. yeah, yeah, her, so. yeah, yeah. Hmm.
6: But,
0: well, I mean, I guess she did say the flu was her best diet plan one time, so... <laughs> because wow. she, she doesn't care too much about weight loss mm-hmm. affecting well, other
4: people. Ladies, don't listen to that. Yes. Eat your dinner.
0: Yes. Eat your breakfast. Eat your lunch. Right.
4: Drink your water. Day's only. Mm-hmm.
0: Drink your white claw or wine. Whatever <laughs> you got. <laughs> right.
4: Oh. There, there it is.
0: Oh.
4: For anyone oh, who right. on audio, we're taking a look at the wow. of Kylie and her background. room. <laughs> I mean, she's not rah,
3: I don't get it. She doesn't <laughs> even look happy. Yeah, it's like a snap. Out. I know. It looks like she's behind
2: bars. <laughs> it's not, she clearly does not like it.
4: It's just yeah. a very fancy event. And so to have a backwards hat at a fancy event seems out of place. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And it is it's exaggerated. It's it's really big. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway.
0: All right. Um Sarah, what was your attention moment this yes. week? Um, there,
2: I don't know if y'all know this, but there's a little movie coming out on Thursday. <laughs> uh, Doctor what? Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I know, so weird. Uh, we're getting new m- cinema Marvel content. I'm very excited about it. Um, but that means that we've had a lot of red carpet looks. And so I pulled this one just because I love the blues happening. Um, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, they they yeah, kind of look like... Brother and sister that are in a fight right now and don't want to like <laughs> be around <laughs> each other, but um this is from the Berlin premiere, and I just think they look so snazzy. And Benedict looks so tan, he does, and they both look really good. So I fine.
0: like they look relaxed, like they look like do. they're in comfy clothes and not yeah,
4: because his suit hey, that looks like I, jeans, yeah. like yeah. you and I have different like ideas of what comfy. Right. Is because close to me is like a baggy.
0: Sweater. <laughs> well, I'm just saying compared to like a big old ball gown or something. Yeah, like this, compared to those Met ball. I do My like Gala her works.
2: all the sequins on mm. that. What is is that a bodice, Maya? What what would you call that?
4: <laughs> what are we looking at?
2: <laughs> I I don't know the, under, <laughs> under under her jacket,
1: but it's I don't know what it is, but it's very cute. Oh, okay. hmm. anyway, the color so looks great on her. her. Shout out to my mom. We, we were going to, we're seeing. I'm going to see it on Thursday, and I, we we moved our our travels back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's
6: true love. That is true love. <laughs>
4: I think that my mom's attention moment was that you guys are going to a Bridgerton something or other because Yes. She-
2: <laughs> I need to hear that. I need to hear more about that. We'll get my mom up after this with some more information. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
6: <laughs> yes.
1: We will send the link. They're traveling all, all over the country kind of like that interactive Van Gogh
0: type thing that everyone oh, was cool. getting into.
6: Cool.
0: I saw like the trailer f- I'm sorry, I'm going off topic real quick. I saw a trailer for the movie and it said only in theaters May twentieth. Is it really just one day? Because that didn't make any sense.
1: Bridgerton—it's
0: Bridgerton. a show on Netflix. Oh, Bridget! Sorry, I was thinking Downton Abbey. Oh, um, a- oh. <laughs> It's,
6: like,
0: it's I mean, been a long day, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Ding, ding. Very, I don't know. I don't know. Just kidding. It. Ignore that. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, I was we thinking gotcha. Downton Abbey. All right. Well, to move on from that, we'll go to my attention moment. <laughs> um it is actually just a personal thing that happened. It's not didn't happen worldwide or anything. But I have been re- reading this new book series. It is labeled as Harry Potter mm-hmm. meets Twilight, so two of my <laughs> favorite things, and of course I had to check out the series.
4: Mm-hmm. So
0: this is book two that I read in like three days, because I just couldn't stop reading it. And I had mixed feelings when it ended. And there's more books in the series. There's like four more books or something. So there's a lot more to to come. But I, um, like I said, mixed feelings, and I hope it just gets better <laughs> in the third book. And that the ending we got in this one just makes up for, makes up for it.
2: Can, can I ask you something, Jalen? Yes. So you read the Hunger Games books, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Did you also have mixed feelings at the end of that trilogy, the way that trilogy ended? Yes.
0: I Is hope it, there's was more. It the same?
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, then I thought, you, I thought I would get like some closure with like the prequel right. book, but I didn't like the prequel book, so... Okay. I did not get any closure from that. So, hopefully, there's just more Hunger Games books after that to kind of tie it all up and make it a little better than what we got.
6: Fingers
1: so. I'm putting that on my reading list. Yeah,
0: Twilight. You know I didn't, I didn't read Harry Potter, but Twilight, that I, cover looks very Twilight esque.
1: It did. The
2: yeah. Movie.
0: And the first one, the first book was really, really good and it got me hooked. Um, and just, I think what I didn't like about the second one is just how she kind of changed the characters personalities. Like I don't like when authors do that, when they set up a whole story and then they just kind of change them in the next few books or whatever. So I'm hoping it just gets better because I bought them all. So now I have to read them all. (laughs) I'm stuck. (laughs) All right. Any other attention moments that, came up or anything? All right. Well, we will move on to our main topic today, which is why we got some fabulous moms with us to help give their input and opinions on these. Wisdom. Uh, Yes. Um, We are going to talk about generational cycles today. Um, So we're going to start with what are generational, what are generational cycles? So, who would like to start? (laughs) It's a good question. It's a loaded question.
3: Is that a mom question?
0: I think it could be for anybody.
2: If a mom has an answer, it's a mom question.
0: (laughs) What do you think, Kim? You can also give examples too. Examples of what?
3: Okay. Um, I think things. When I think of generational cycles, I think of things that. Uh, habits or customs or norms that we carry on from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Um when when I think of the cycles and, and the cycles may be healthy, may be unhealthy, but it's just whatever your family's norms are.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Doreen, would you add anything to
2: that?
5: <laughs> uh yeah, I think that's probably good. It's also I think um based on like behavioral things can become generational cycles Too mm-hmm. trauma can be, can yes. go for generations if it's not been dealt with. Mm-hmm. So there are things that can get passed down for generation from generations that I have to mm-hmm. do with the, the life that, you know, we're living and how we cope. And if we're not careful, we don't know what we're passing on mm-hmm. um, values, thoughts, ideas are often done through generational cycles
0: and cultures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, agreed. Uh, Kara, Maya, do you have anything or do you agree with what your mom's said or have any additional input?
1: (laughs) I mean, no, I totally agree. And I think it's like a good call. to like some of it is you recognize it and some of it you don't. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting to know, like when people talk about wanting to sustain like good, positive, healthy things that pass down through generations or things that are negative. It's all about if you can see it for yourself, too. Mm -hmm. So I think just knowing that they can be visible or invisible.
4: Mm -hmm. It's one of the interesting parts about getting older, because you start realizing, oh, okay, this may not be something that's normal. Like Mm -hmm. this may be something that's passed down you know, maybe this is something that I want to do differently. I know for sure that my mom has done things differently in specific ways that she noticed. Like, I don't know, maybe you want to talk about some of the things that you've done, but that she has been very on purpose about breaking specific cycles from her past, um, which has been, and she's been very, I guess, like on purpose with that and talking mm-hmm. to about it since we were little, so I think that this is something that we've always been cognizant of since we were young. But I like, do you want to talk about some examples. That's great.
5: Yeah. So yeah, I I feel that you know if we don't if I don't deal with my stuff, um, it's going to come out in ways maybe that I don't want it to with my kids. And so, but for me growing up uh, in a ger- stoic German household. It was wrong to um, verbalize that you loved your children. I, I never heard my parents used to say the words, I love you, um, although they really did. Um, and in the same way, uh, I remember my dad used to say that he felt if he encouraged or praised us as kids, that we would become conceited and become, you know, like, mm. <laughs> really... Yeah horrible mm-hmm. human beings and as adults. So I was really on purpose with my own kids. Uh, they heard I love you a lot. <laughs> and uh, it was not
4: so fun as a kid. Like mom, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> now as an adult looking back, I'm so thankful for that because it has shaped a lot of who I am and how I treat other people. But yeah, mm-hmm. kisses, I always give kiss, hugs and like dropping me on the floor and you know, mm-hmm. you can't stop hugging and kissing me and telling me she loves me. So, like, I had a bit of a different uh,
5: philosophy than some of the uh, therapists or whatever <laughs> would say because they're like, you know, when your kids get old enough to say, ew, you know, don't touch me in public, that's embarrassing, um, you're supposed to respect that. Well, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I did the opposite way. It's like, oh, yeah, really? Because my feeling was at that at that age, you actually need it more than ever. But you're so afraid of peer pressure at that point in time that you just you, you feel like you can't. And so if they ever did say that in public, they only got it more.
6: And <laughs> they to
5: just like put up with it. So and now would you say that was a good thing or a bad
4: thing? I
1: would I would say it's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a question for you because I think that's and you mentioned therapy. So obviously what you experienced growing up is very different from what you bestow on your own children and grandchildren. Like how was that like from not ha- like not having something to being able to provide it like an abundance of it? like was there like when you don't see it how was that being able to fill that gap and like take on that new new actions essentially
5: yeah and i think it comes down to i think even as children we really know who we are and when we're different so and how we want to be and um i remember as a child uh really craving that because my my personality and my makeup was was very affectionate and and uh, so for a while or a while I thought it was wrong uh, to to do that or to want that so just to be able to try something different when I became an adult was I don't I don't really don't know how to answer that question but uh, I knew you you kind of know because everybody Mm -hmm. has their own mind right so they kind of know what they want to do and be and there there comes a point in your life where when, where you feel a freedom to do something different, I think that's really healthy.
4: Did you cry the first time I said that I love you? I can't remember. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I think that's it also takes a certain amount of self-awareness, I think to mm-hmm. to be aware that something needs to change, but also the courage to do it. Um, I think Doreen, very proud of you for um, making the conscious effort to do that. That is amazing, and I, I say that because, you know, bless my mom. She's she's not not here tonight, but um, you know, she is a product of her own parents, and so she, you know, she learned what she learned. Um, and I don't know if she just isn't maybe aware of. You know, the things that could have changed, um, but for whatever reason it didn't happen. And and now it's on me and my sister and my brother to be aware of those things and change those things. But so I just want to tell you good job for oh, thank for you. doing that. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing.
3: Mm, that is great. I, I can say the kids used to we were very active as parents and we used to embarrass them the same way. <laughs> <laughs> But not like they said I wasn't huggy, touchy, but I can tell you one thing. The five love languages, not only that, that came out in relationships, but I also use that in relationships with everybody.
5: Right. So
3: I grew up where, um, you know, quality time, just like touchy-feely. Like Maya, you know, I Maya's a words of affirmation. So, and I can... <laughs> Yeah. One of them. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that if I love her the same way that I was loved or what I think is love, we're missing the boat. Mm-hmm. And even though she has a twin, she's totally different. So I love the fact that five love languages actually is something that we use now because I mean, I use that in, you know, dealing with a boss, a neighbor, uh, my grandson. I do have a grandson by the way. And I know how I have to be able to pivot to different ways. Like I can buy my husband all the gifts in the world, but he could care less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so with that, I think that's really a good thing. And also it's, I had like an aha moment at one point where I deal with anxiety a lot and I'm like, Oh my God, my mom's no longer here. My mom had anxiety.
6: Mm -hmm. I had that
3: aha moment. Like I start, it just started hitting me like all these different things that happen. Wow. And she thought she had heart attacks several times and you know Aww. mom had panic attacks that was never discussed. Wow. Now yeah. when I look back at that and I and you know anxiety is is hereditary and I'm like, "Oh my god. Mom and grandma, my grandma too." So I share those things and I think it's important that you know when I say we talk about those cycles, how to break that, how to know mm-hmm. your your triggers. Um, how to talk things, you know, over and, you know, not take things so personal and just try to sometimes sit back and say, okay, let me walk away from this and, you know, take deep breathing, you know, I take, I breathe, I meditate, but that is one of the cycles that I can honestly say that I feel um, really happy about that. I think we, I've broken and talking about that, that's something you probably would never talk about.
6: Mm
1: -hmm. And that's amazing. Like, think about just like, you know, generations every like you, Nana, Gram, like, it's just like everyone's growing up in their own generation, too. So, for for Nanny not to recognize that as anxiety is because, like, available, you know, having access to that research, and you know, we can quickly YouTube a Brene Brown and watch a video on how to cope with anxiety, but those same resources weren't at every, you know, you know, our elders are like previous generations disposal. So it's interesting to see how tools and access to a lot of things mm-hmm. have really helped with breaking mm-hmm. generational cycles that were negative or unhealthy. Mm-hmm.
2: And just being able to put a name on it like that, even we mm-hmm. take that for granted, but mm-hmm. you know, my, my grandma didn't even know what depression, what, you know, it was the bl- yeah. the blues or, yeah baby blues or you know all that kind of stuff not Mm -hmm. even knowing what to call it it's crazy Mm -hmm. to
3: think about right Mm -hmm. can you imagine
2: so i'll i can
5: share a story of my dad because he's no longer with us either but uh when he was a child he was um physically abused by his dad and his dad was an alcoholic and so whenever he would get drunk he would you know get physical and uh my dad grew up in, and, uh, in an abusive home and uh, vowed very early on that that would be something he would never do. He was never going to drink or anything because of how it affected him. So he, uh, when he grew up, he went to university to become a social worker and ended up becoming a substance abuse counselor and would never touch... Alcohol um, and was, you know, did a lot of work to do that to break the general, generational cycle of alcoholism because that, even substance abuse like that, alcohol and drugs is something that you can mm-hmm. pass on as a generational cycle. And uh, he and my mom had four kids, and none of us have an al- alcoholism problem, you know, mm-hmm. because he did break that generational cycle. So that, that was really, not that none of us or or our kids could ever be alcoholics. It's just that he did the work mm-hmm. uh, to break that cycle mm-hmm. for, for the next generation. And, and I so I always grew up knowing that it was really on me to do my own work. And mm-hmm. the reason for it is so that I would pass it on, you know, to, to my kids. So whatever I needed to deal with. Uh, Because people sometimes don't take the time to deal with their own stuff, they feel like they're not worth it, or that it's you know it it, there's no value in it. But there is value because of it can get passed on, right? So sometimes you do things for your kids that you wouldn't necessarily do for yourself. But Mm -hmm. this generational cycles, you can't not pass it on unless you deal with it yourself, right? Otherwise, it will like you say, without even knowing it. So. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, that That's a good question is where, at what point do we decide like the responsibility is on
4: us to break it? That's so my like question too. Like, how you, much of the responsibility is on us? What right. is the,
2: yeah. Where do you make that choice mm-hmm. and how?
3: When you recognize it, when you know better, you can do better. So well, yeah. yeah, that's the key. Cause some people may be stuck and they may not see that, you know, there is a problem. You know, it bothers me when I hear, well, this is the way we've always done it mm-hmm. or this is how it is. So once you know better um, you can mm-hmm. do better and then you have a sense of responsibility to, to make that change. Um, You can't sit back and not do anything about it. I mean, that, that's not healthy in itself. And um, when, when I say, as you, when you know better, you do better and you share like the conversations that we're having right now, you know, I think Maya and my kids are going to be more conscious about it and the generational cycle is being broken right now because Mm -hmm. I want change. I want change for myself while I'm here and I want change for my children and I can just say, like communication. Communication was is really bad in our family. I mean, I mean, we were screamers, and we're we're, we're screamers. And and it bothers me that sometimes the kids think I'm mad because I'm just no, I'm just loud right now. Like I'm just I'm just, I'm just elevated. You know, I mean? and, that, and, that, and that's a generational thing because mm-hmm. that's how we all communicate it. I mean, it Mom will be like yeah, you know, upstairs, like it drives my husband crazy. He would say, come to me. Like, we're just screamers. Yeah. And that is something that um, I think is is very important because that's not a good way of communicating.
6: Mm-hmm. And,
3: um, you know, bringing, making those changes. So that is a good point. When you ask that, once we recognize it, um, and it's really healthy when you have family members that know that it's not healthy and you work on th- those things together. It's a challenge mm-hmm. when you have people that don't want to work on it, but you can't yeah. stay stuck. You have to keep moving and growing. And I believe in my heart of hearts, when people see that you change and they see the change in you, I think that people eventually will change. They might not tell you, mm-hmm. but they they will take heed of, of, of the peace that you have and the changes that you make. And uh, I, I believe people can jump on it, but we can't be judgmental and tell people mm-hmm. what they are not doing. And we're not making those changes ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm. So, so once you recognize it, you're responsible for it. Yeah. Essentially.
3: Uh-huh.
4: Mm-hmm. To That's that fair. point, Kim, like and my mom's story earlier about my grandparents never saying I love you. My grandma will now occasionally say I love you. To all of us, not every time. Not to her kids, to her grand to us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's that's impressive.
5: But you know, I think it's it's a great question you asked, Sarah, because I think that not a lot of people think about you know, generational yes. cycles.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: And when you're in one, it's just normal. You don't think of it as any, it's yes. just normal because it, you don't even, it's something you don't think about. So to, to become aware, um, it actually takes some, it takes courage and it takes, it takes a desire uh, in a, in a, mm-hmm. some way to, to be better. So generally people who are like forward thinking or, or like have a, a success mindset, a positive mindset—however you want to call it—but they want to excel in life. They would, might think of something like that. But mm-hmm. other people, they're just—they just feel like there's nothing they can do. I am who I am, yep. and you don't know what you don't know. And they're just content, and and therefore it just continues. And so, that's my dad. Yeah. So it it takes a lot of Same. Um, emotional intelligence, EQ, or or, um, to to really think about things like that and say, oh, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe if I, maybe I could do something different. Mm -hmm. What would that look like? It takes a lot of bravery to admit when something you're doing isn't, isn't the right thing.
4: Well, and also the power of responsibility. Like I can sit here and be like, well, I'm like this because my mom did this. So Mm -hmm. like this now. Whereas Uh responsibility also takes the Uh blame off of you and says, okay, well, this is a generational cycle that's been through the family. It's also not your fault. Uh Like it's come from generation Uh for you. So it also changes like a bitterness that I may have towards you. I can actually fuel into doing something productive for our future, which also in turn does something productive for you the whole family so it's just an entire different mindset and it brings a different freedom than the blame that a lot of people like to sit in
1: now that that was a huge huge lesson for me because i think and it could just be like well obviously generational cycles but generational thing we we always i feel like we butt heads around like how we view professionalism and like career climbing (laughs) Because like, you know, I recognize that my Nana, my mom, they went by different rules, especially as black women, like having to get a job and like how you had to present yourself. You know, if I'm wearing my hair like this, or if I want to wear a purple wig, my mom's like, that's not professional. And it's just like, but different, like when, you know, different times and, you know, feeling a little bit more comfortable being my authentic self in the workplace, they did not have access to previously. So I think for me, I'm always like, mom is always... I remember I had an interview. Slap this wig
3: <laughs> Put this wig on, girl. Take
6: that
1: wig off. <laughs> I, literally, I remember I had braids and I remember getting them like taken out and throwing this crazy looking wig on <laughs> from my current job because I'm thinking, oh, it's not professional. But, you know, those were the rules and yeah. like what you had to go by to, to get a job back then. So I think it's really, like you said, Kara, like good understanding that it wasn't my mom's fault. It wasn't my Nana's fault. It's just we are now kind of The world around us is changing and I can, you know, understand the history of the women in my family, but also know that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of operating in a different worldview.
3: Yeah. But see, being in the workplace and being around those people, I see what she's saying, but I still hear those conversations. So, yeah, a lot of people still are in the workplace that are making decisions. And I understand what she's saying, but I'm like, get through the door first. So I'm half, I'm 50, I'm 50. It's an ongoing her. conversation. It is. I'm 50, 50 there. But to be having friends in HR and, and being in situations where I've seen I don't like how she looks and her application gets put to the side, that still scares me. And it and it's not necessarily um so we're we're 50-50 on that. Be yourself, but get to the door. Mm-hmm. And and I and I say those people are And for still, me. I'm
1: thinking if there's a place that's not going to accept me for my hair, I don't want to work there. It's a different type of mindset. Yeah. So it is. It so, is. Well, that's but, something like some things that you're never gonna get yeah. To and I realized
3: that I'm like, we're never <laughs> gonna get there because my son's in HR and we talk about this all the time, but I'm sure you can relate, mom, (laughs) (laughs) to do, um, you know, we want the best for our children. And we know, we know who they are. We know how bright they are. We know what they have to offer. But there's just some, some, just some, some biases that are just still out here that, you know, like we just talked about family members who don't want to change. I mean, these people are still here. Mm -hmm. So.
2: That's I, I uh, wow. being practicing vulnerability. Um, I that's a that's a struggle I encounter whenever I get to a new job. Um, I identify as a queer person. And so it's like, how out do I want to be before I walk through the door? You know, it's like, should I be my authentic self? Right off the bat? Because if you know, I, I don't want to be at a workplace where I'm not accepted anyway. So you know it's it's a weird, it's a balance, it, it really is. It's
4: well, I think uh, we're getting into generational cycles of not just a family generational cycle, workplace, mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. A, cultural, a societal oh, generational cycle that mm-hmm. is harder to break because I can step outside of my family walk I can move away I can do whatever and I can work on me and create a whole life but a cultural or a societal generational cycle is difficult to break because how do you break it for everybody right like you have to break that for millions of people yeah who have different situations who have different experiences who have different upbringings and may or may not like speaking of people who are not willing to change not willing mm. to in the work or understand or become aware of what's happening that's mm-hmm. a whole different generational yeah. cycle that i think yeah. our generation and those below us are starting to you know kick dust and make some kind of changes mm-hmm. um but yeah, that's uh, in, in both cases that's, the very That's another touched. episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a as a light example of that,
1: I remember I told I just explained to my mom what ASMR is like. You know, people eating in a mic and like people liking the sound. She was so yeah. confused. She's like, "What?" That
3: is so. Disgusting. And then <laughs> that's the normal for our
1: generation. Like every, I feel like it's very common. Like YouTubers mm-hmm. are making millions off this type of content. And it's just like
3: another example of eating pickles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, honeycomb. Well, I guess I watched pickle Popper, so I mean, I, I, <laughs> a little bit. I like to see the oozing pimples. So <laughs> I kind of get it. But the food part is like what?
1: Yeah, but um, but no, yeah, those those yeah. generational things outside of the family context, yeah, those those are hard because it's like someone's whole you don't wanna discredit someone's whole life experience and we like, that's how they navigated the world at this time. So like, it's tough. Cause when you say everything is wrong, but like, how do we make clear learning paths? Mm-hmm. So there's at least a, a common ground for understanding.
4: Mm-hmm. Right, right. And this is where community comes in. Cause even with breaking, and, and I think Kim brought this up earlier, like having other family members who are interested in learning, uh, like for me, my sister, and I, we talk about all kinds of stuff. My mom's been very open. I have cousins who also talk like anxiety, same for us, runs very strong at <laughs> both sides of my family. So having that community empowers us to do better. And mm-hmm. same thing in cultural, societal, generational cycles, finding community and people who are willing to be allies, who are willing to you know move forward and put in the work to do stuff. You have to do it with community. You can't do anything by yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. G- exactly. G- G- Lynn, do you do you find that you and your brother are on the same page when it comes to generational stuff
0: um yeah i mean we're not super close or anything um gotcha. i mean we get along and stuff but um i yeah, think my just brother and I me me either. being the older sister i'm just like why do i want to hang out with my younger brother <laughs> <laughs> and stuff um i think as we've gotten older um, and we've realized that we have more interest in common we can actually bond more um but i i was also going to say um i think for the generation even below us growing up with social media mm-hmm. um, i think that's going be that's going to impact mm-hmm. them a lot because they can see the generation the generational cycles happening on social media with Videos mm-hmm. being posted, photos being posted, um, you know, they can look back and see, you know, kind of that evidence or whatever you want to call it. Like, this yeah. is what my life was like. I don't want my life to be like that anymore or have my my kids' life be like that. So I think as annoying as social media can be sometimes, I think there is some good that will come out of that. And I think it will mm-hmm. kind of help break those those cycles a little bit.
3: Right. I don't think um, for me, I'm a bridge. I look at myself as a bridge, even though we battle with the kids and I say things with them, but I'm also that bridge to relate to other people as well. So we have our Mm -hmm. talks, but they don't realize that I'm really an advocate when they teach me and I'm learning these things. I'm also the person that bridges the gap to the people who don't get it at all. So Mm -hmm. I always try to go back and forth and I give them both sides because the workforce right now has four generations in the workforce. That, that is, That's incredible. That's crazy. Yeah. You have boomers, Gen Xers, millennials, and what is that? Gen Z. And Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Four. And um, the older millennials right now is so valuable in the workplace because they kind of understand like I don't know how you got, how old you guys are. So older millennial will be like 32, 33. No,
1: no, forties.
3: No, oh, forties. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, so, well, like,
3: well, I don't, well, like don't think so. 30. That's Gen X. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, forties is Gen X. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mid thir- mid thirties is
3: elder millennial. I am Gen X, but yeah. your your brother. Okay, so it's like late thirties up to. Well, 40, I don't right? even think. I think it's like mid thirties. But either way it go, they kind of understand mm-hmm. still the Gen Xers they kind of was hanging out with grandma still before the internet took, they mm-hmm. were sitting there watching as the world turns with grandma. So, whereas, I mean, honestly that, you know, so they're very important. You're like right there in the middle. But when, I don't know, the boomers trying to relate with Jen, what's up under you guys? Gen Z. Gen Z. It's like, they feel like it's yeah. just like going to China and yeah. you know, knowing the, the language. It's, it's really tough. I have to say, as a
4: millennial, trying to relate to a Gen Z, I find it very difficult. Yes. <laughs> that's very true. I work, so with, yeah. I work with students, and sometimes they come in, and they talk to me, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> I, that's fine. I'm like, no, I will just be a Yeah. I'm, so yeah younger. I'm like, if
6: 1995
1: younger. is the cusp, a lot of times that's how people would define it. I'm December 1995, so I'm still a millennial. Yeah. And and
0: like I know. I find myself Googling. <laughs> what things are a lot (laughs) and Mm -hmm. how to do things. I'm Mm -hmm. like, how, how am I like acting this old when I don't, when I have to Google everything? And Mm -hmm. this is why
4: we have the, at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. Yes.
0: Yes. And (laughs) uh, and we'll get there because we we got some of those questions. (laughs) Um, But before we get to those, does anyone have any last minute thoughts on generational cycles and how to break them? Any tips or advice on how to break them? I did, can I ask f- for the mamas, um, if there
2: are uh, any any kids listening, um, kids as in children of parents like my age, um, would, I find it very difficult sometimes to try and talk with my mom about some of those things, because we all have blind spots, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we all need that kind of feedback in order to do better and be better. Um, With with my mom, I mean, I'm tempted to say, oh, it's just how she is. But I think that we can all be better. And we can all Mm -hmm. choose to do better. Mm -hmm. And so when I try and talk to her sometimes about those blind spots, uh, it can be tough because sometimes she feels like she needs to go on the def- the defensive.
6: Mm-hmm. And
2: that's not what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask y'all specifically, do you have any pointers for me or anyone who's listening about having those types of difficult conversations? Um, what is a good way to go about those? Yeah,
5: I think it is, it is tough and it's it's tough both ways, but yeah. if you, if your mom is, I think the most important thing in, in, in as Kim's talking about communication and how huge it is, you have to be able to listen. And mm-hmm. if you're not willing to listen, um, it, it you may not, not, you may not be able to, but if ever you find an opening in a conversation, mm-hmm. um, Tr- to try and, and bring just even just a little bit and do it a little bit at a time and not be too worried. I, I think uh, someone said this earlier is maybe you don't get the response you want at first, but then and the change does happen after you gradually think about it and sit with it. Because if, I think at, if when our kids tell us we're less than perfect, It's very painful, (laughs) even though we know it, it is painful because uh, I I was one of those parents that from the moment my kids were born, I read every book that I could read to be the perfect parent. And um, I tried everything to do everything that I could not to make one single mistake as a parent. And lo and behold, I made a ton of mistakes. And but you know, I, as so as much as you try, you're not going to get anything perfect. So to be able to listen and hear the, those things, um, to be able to say, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Those are those are difficult. And you may or may not have that opportunity with your mom. I, I try and do that. I care always laughs at me because I'm constantly saying how sorry I am. I'm I'm so sorry about this and I'm so sorry about that this happened or that happened because, yeah, because I did want to do, I do now have a different opportunity with my grandkids. I feel like I have a second chance to do that. And something Uh that came up the other day, um, a mistake that I made uh, with the kids when they were young is because I was um, in, in a, in a public sector. So often People were wanting my attention and the kids would be like, hey, mommy, mommy, mom. But I'm in the middle of like a mini therapy session or a counseling session with somebody. And I didn't want to break that to talk. So the kids would get ignored. And I felt really bad about that. So now with my grandkids, if my grandkids want my attention, they get it immediately. Mm -hmm. And Kara was complaining the other day, when it's still me, it's still me who gets ignored. And I thought about that after because uh, on purpose I had thought to myself that is not going to happen to my grandkids. But then she says, you know, if Harley says if we're having a conversation and Harley says something, you're just gone right away with Harley <laughs> because that's. And then I went, oh wait a minute, maybe I'm not doing this right. <laughs> you never get it right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but if you do get the opportunity, Sarah, maybe you will. I think it. I think it's an act of love to be able to say something, you know, and. Mm-hmm. You now you can't you can't control how it's received, mm-hmm. but you know what how to be true to yourself and what, what you need to say. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: so Sarah, one thing I can say is as I've gotten older and dealing with so much conflict over the years, one thing I realize is everybody has their own level of truth. Mm-hmm. So what they might think is the truth or what's right. And we, and I have it, and that person. So when you have this conflict, um, trying to break that. So for example, if you would say, mom, you did this, or mom, you did that, or you said this, or this is how you made me feel. The other day, my and I were having a conflict and I gave her some specific examples. This is why I feel this way. And this is why. And the, I mean, and it really makes a big difference. So, So if your mom feels like, well, mom, I know what you're saying and this is how I feel, but we have to meet somewhere in the middle or, or those examples. Well, mom, when you said this, and when you said that, and when this happened, this is how I felt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think those are very helpful, especially when you're trying to, and I don't know, like when you and your mom talk, like, is it like you have your opinion? She has her opinion. You just can't meet them together or is she opinionated? Is she does she think she know it all? Is she extremely judgmental? So in those things, you might have to just say these are the issues that you know that we're having, and I just wish that we can you know meet somewhere in the middle. But quit thinking, and I think we all think that a person is this way, but that person only knows what they know. Like we just talked about. Yeah. Right. So they have their own level of what they feel is right, and their own level of truth. And once we come together and be able to to say to be able to mesh those, I think that's when the breakthrough comes comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and I think you you hit on you hit on something that I try and remind myself that she was not she was not equipped with the tools or the vocabulary to be able to say how she feels and Mm -hmm. express things and communicate very well. Um, So I I do try and empathize with her, her upbringing a little bit more. So that's, that's a good point. Those are great responses. Thank you, moms. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that.
1: I would add like, especially if like, just from your perspective, like obviously we're in the same like situations here with like mother daughter dynamic, but I feel like, I think, it's always important. Like she said, provide examples, but sometimes like, obviously the specific situations, um, between you two, but like, for example, the hair situations, you know, for me, I think, was it the woman on the main stage for, um, my old job? She was wearing green locks. And I think I dropped it in the chat. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's on the main stage with green locks. So like, Think giving examples to kind of like ease them into mm-hmm. like normalizing the things that you and may, which may seem very normal for your generation and like your friends and you know your own experience. Mm-hmm. But I think um that's also really important too.
3: Examples and exposure. like the, the stuff that she will be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. but meet her where something. she's at. Yeah. 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 Meet you where meet her where she's at. And then take those baby steps with her.
1: What is the Agent Carter quotes like? Compromise where you can, and,
2: and where stop. you can't, don't.
1: Yes, plan, exactly. Plan, plan, and
2: so, like a tree or something.
1: Absolutely, and because at the end of the day, if there's areas where you know she's not willing to listen or can't mm-hmm. find that common ground, then you know that's an area that you may not want to engage in conversation or mm-hmm. like leave it separately because mm-hmm. and just focus on the areas where you do have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, because like spending your whole life trying to convince someone of something that they're not budging on, she's going to be yeah. a waste of That's week,
3: exhausting. Right. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and also keeping mind of her love languages, how she hears stuff. Yes, that's Remember, a good word. When I'm trying to communicate something with my mom, she uh, is very words of affirmation. So any small negative thing to her sounds like you know I just smashed her in the head with a baseball bat and yeah. to me yeah. it seems like I just gave her a flower yeah. um, so there's, yeah. there's difference there so in when there's a big conflict taking a step back making a game plan of okay how can I talk to her in a way that mm-hmm. she can hear me mm-hmm. and that she can yeah. also feel loved and it's very difficult because mm-hmm. we have different communication styles different love languages yep. and and it can be difficult. But if you're both willing to make progress, if you're both willing to meet in the middle and to work on the relationships, then it's possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think listening is just very important. Yeah. Um, you know, for like me and my mom, we have different views and opinions on a lot of things, but we'll still talk about it. And We'll go into a, into a conversation, you know, not looking to change the other person's mind at that time, mm-hmm. but just listening to what they have to say. And then maybe in the future, come back and be like, mm-hmm. you said this, this is how I feel about it. You know, is there a way we can find that common ground mm-hmm. on whatever the issue is? Um, but I think just listening and not being defensive right away is important because,
5: yeah. yeah. You know, like I said, we
0: all have our own views and opinions on everything and talking with someone who doesn't agree on those, it can be tough, but Mm -hmm. it can also be rewarding to hear that other viewpoint Mm -hmm, mm because you can learn something you didn't know before.
2: Yeah,
4: that's a good word because I'm always out here trying to change someone's mind.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to think about that. (laughs) And I think, you know, that's what everyone wants to do. They want everyone to Mm -hmm. think like how you think think. and i think as a society we need to realize well that's not gonna happen we're all we're all never gonna agree on anything as much as we would want to nor should we nor should we so i think that's why it's important to have those civil conversations and not just lash out because someone thinks a different way
1: Uh and that's like really hard to do too because i'm like Mm -hmm now with the era of social media with our algorithms there's hyper specific to mm-hmm. our outlook of the world mm-hmm. that when you come across like something that could have been an easy conversation pre-social media is now like oh my yeah. god this is attack or this is something ridiculous <laughs> yeah. and i know i'm i'm d- very guilty of it you both mm-hmm. are um yeah. <laughs> so i think that it's really mm-hmm. important to recognize how i mean i hate to always bring it back to social media but like how we um, consume information is also mm-hmm. affecting our empathy and our ability to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a
2: great point. Yep. Yes. Sensitivity. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes.
0: Well, this has been a great conversation. Um, I want to be respectful of everyone's time. Um, so, but before we close, we do have a question that was submitted for. At this point, I'm too afraid to ask.
6: Mm. Segment. (laughs)
0: Um, So, a question that was submitted was: How often should I wash my sheets? (laughs) (laughs) There is kind of a debate on, you know, what's a good time frame on how often should I do it. Um, I think we all may have our own Mm -hmm. ways that on how often we do it. That. Um. So I think, I think it'd be interesting to see what everyone's see what thoughts say. are.
3: It, you're supposed to do it weekly, but be, mm-hmm. to be honest, I do it every two weeks.
0: Same, so, same here. I
3: mean, I had, you know, we had a housekeeper and she mm-hmm. swears that you're supposed to do it every three, two or three times a week. I'm like, what? what? Mm-hmm. I think oh, the rule of thumb is that's, like that's, weekly or every two weeks.
0: Uh, yeah, what that's what I do is every two, two weeks. But
3: what I, would I would also have three same.
0: animals that sleep in bed with me. So they get <laughs> full of pet hair
5: i do mine every two weeks too okay Mm
6: -hmm. and you know why because
5: my mom did it
6: that way (laughs) 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 that's funny yeah it's
1: whenever i do my laundry so like week and a half week two weeks
0: that's crazy that we're all the same i thought we would be like Monthly or every other month or something, but I yeah. like that we're all every yeah. couple weeks.
3: weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I would like to ask guys that. Town, I mean, or something like <laughs> yeah. That.
4: So we did put this up on Instagram, and there was five percent, which was about five people who said only once every few months. That is, and I'm word. not gonna oh, be good, <laughs> but. <laughs> there were male and females, but there was mostly females in that five percent. Mm. Oh, that's
3: disappointing. That interesting.
4: <laughs> I found interesting. Uh, now that being said, I don't like. I don't. We don't have a lot of college boys. I don't think.
0: Better mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. So. Yeah. They're <laughs> probably all married. Who all the women do it for them? That, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, don't I don't know. I just don't know. No <laughs> So. Cheap, so. I mean, there's no better feeling than getting into bed in a nice, clean sheet. That's just the
4: best.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I would do it every week if
4: I didn't hate the actual physical. uh, Right. Putting the duvet cover on. um, Oh, that's a pain. Yeah, horrible. is when you have no help. Yes. Or the yeah. sheet, the fitted sheet.
6: Oh,
4: oh I Felt, like is everybody else out of breath at that moment? Or is <laughs> yes. it? My I've back will hurt sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> the arm span for it.
1: I'm like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. The, the, the thing
2: that has changed my life are deep fit sheets. So I'm not having mm-hmm. to like pull and oh, stretch the fitted yeah. sheet deep fit deep fit it sounds she's risque right. it's not It's, it's, it's <laughs> the nature not
3: say, but they're good really? i've mm, never yeah. heard of this i've never yeah, heard of I, this. Do. I do i only buy do.
6: target
1: target i literally buy my sheets from walmart, my sheets from walmart. Did you see
0: one? oh <laughs> we'll send some to we'll you, send you some. <laughs> we'll send some we'll throw <laughs> it over the border so <laughs> oh, yeah, she's she's in canada
3: mm-hmm. in <laughs> buffalo right there
0: Do we want to do the other question? I know we've kind of gone over an hour, but it's okay.
4: Okay. It's a Uh, special episode.
0: It is a special episode. Okay. So what is starch and should we be using it? This was another submitted question to us. (laughs) And I don't know the answer.
1: Do you know what starch is? That's why I asked. I had no idea what it is. I feel (laughs) like.
5: We don't need it anymore. If you're talking about starch for laundry yeah yeah.
3: Yes. your um, dad uses it it's that spray by the iron board oh really what does it do it's it's like it helps <laughs> like if you have really wrinkled clothes like you go like if you go to the laundromat like if you get you know men's dress shirts clean mm. they'll say starch is the thing that kind of makes it stiff it's like hairspray
1: yeah. for shirts yeah yeah
3: yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You can do heavy starch. I worked at Swan dry cleaners when I was in high school. Heavy starch, stiff. I can't believe you asked that. You grew up with starch. Your dad's <laughs> Doreen,
2: <sized, laughs> <laughs> yeah. were you going to add
3: something?
5: yeah yeah, no, I don't think very many people use it anymore, though.
2: Yeah, yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. yeah. Dark though, only- so different story. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, oh, really not know what you
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, like baking for baking or cooking? Oh,
6: yeah. Oh,
3: gotcha. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> like potatoes? Yeah.
4: I occasionally, we'll end those podcasts on I don't know, Sarah. What do you call it? A benediction or something? <laughs> benediction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like the end yeah. of a
2: church service. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so no, I'm
4: I will do this one for the moms, for the moms on Mother's Day. So I will say that so many times moms think and stress about what they can offer their children and how they can be a good mom and all of these things that they need to do for us. And at the end of the day, all we need is to have love and support and encouragement. And that is literally it. So if you take us to trips and buy us all these things if you give Mm -hmm. us the world uh we don't care we only care that you give us love that you give us support that you love on us so please moms out there my mom Kim whoever else may be listening do not beat yourself up about what you have or have not given because if you have given us love you have given us everything that we need
6: Absolutely.
4: Amen. love okay. that. Thank you.
6: Thank
1: you.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that's a good note to end on. Should we yes. should we cheers to the
0: moms? Ah, yes. Cheers, cheers to, to the moms. All and the moms. Happy Mother's listening. Day. Happy, Mother's, Mother's, Day. Is.
4: happy Mother's Day. Cheers. cheers.